Right. Welcome to the Marketing Automation and Data Discussion Podcast. Today is a good day. I have with me Addie Pineapple. As you may know her on social media, she is a goddess when it comes to lead generation, when it comes to scaling businesses, when it comes to core strategy. So I'm very thankful to have her on. And we're going to dive in deep today to uh, two specific questions that were posted on Core that we've answered together. The first is, as a B2B marketer, what are your most successful social media platforms? And the second is specific to Quora. It's what is the most effective Quora marketing strategy. So we're pretty excited. Let's dig in. So Addy and I, uh, we met in a shared private growth marketing group, I believe on Facebook. I had a ton of respect for what she was publishing and what she's done. So I wanted to reach out to her and get her on the podcast as I am very impressed with her resume. So uh, Addy, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself and give a short bio. All right. Um, Alex, thank you so much for having me uh, on today. I always enjoy the opportunities you extend to my team and myself to uh, join your latest new projects. But Okay, so for those of you who don't know me, which is probably most of you. I was raised by two small business owners who were great at growing companies from concept to millions in annual revenue. So it was only natural for me to follow in their footsteps. In 2009, I began working with a guerrilla marketing startup on nights and weekends while I completed my undergrad degree in medicinal and biological chemistry. Upon graduation, the recession in the U.S. was not uh, quite recovered, so I hopped over to Europe for five years, uh, working with mainly fashion startups over there. And then I grabbed my MBA from IE Business School before I came back stateside and launched the Million Dollar Pineapple. It's an international consulting company that specializes in growth hacking and business development for startups. To date, my team has worked with over 300 startups across five continents, and our current record uh, for growing a business from concept to more than $100 mil- million in annual revenue wh- is uh, three years, using some of the tactics that we are about to discuss with Alex. All right, that's great. So um, you mentioned a couple of things. You mentioned your background. Um, you do a lot of B2B stuff. I, I've seen your post, so this is a perfect opportunity to kind of get some of those strategies off. And um, the two questions that we're going to dive in deep on and give our own little spin towards um, the first one is called uh, as a B2B marketer, what are your most successful social media platforms? So that can go any, any direction. Um, Adi and I kind of uh, uh, put together a couple of contestants here, um, Quora, LinkedIn, Twitter.com, Facebook.com, Reddit, Stack Exchange, GitHub, Stack Overflow. These are all places for you to do your B2B marketing. So, uh, we can we can go in deep to each and every one of these. There are strategies for each and every one, but we don't have the time. So we're going to focus on the top two, Quora and LinkedIn specifically. Uh, but before we do that, uh, Addie has a really great post on Million Dollar Pineapple, and I'll show it on the screen here, where she mentions a few stages uh, for the evolution of social media platforms. I think it's really great information to kind of prelude what we're about to talk about. So why don't you go ahead and just give the high level 
of what you meant by the evolution of uh, some of these social media platforms. All right. So for those of you listening, um, Alex really loves you because he had me write this post yesterday (laughs) (laughs) so that you could have it offline (laughs) as a blog post. Anyways, um, let me just walk you through this really quick. So stage one of social media startup platform evolution um, usually starts with growth hackers being invited to create anywhere from 20 to more than a few hundred fake accounts. Most of us do this using a combination of Python and JavaScript or some other code to automate it. And the founders of the startup give us basically whatever we need so that we can create the scripts hella fast. Stage two, the social media platform founders go to their investor meeting, boasting all about the new accounts on their platform. They get more funding and everyone is happy. Um, Stage three, real people begin to use the platform. This is where the value comes back for the growth hackers who made all the fake accounts in stage one. Uh, The startup team that created the platform has to engage with the new human users so that the users continue to come back. They're retained on that platform but they showcase the growth hackers as influencers on this platform. So for example, if John Pineapple was invited to participate in stage one, he will be featured on the platform as an influencer, but all of the fake accounts that he created would not be. The growth hackers continue to use the fake accounts to make themselves seem hella important in the new niche platform. And then we go to stage four. The platform gets traction, passes critical mass, Um, There are now more human users than bots, and hundreds of new users are joining every day. At this point, the platform has officially gone viral, and people who are less experienced with using bots covertly, they start spamming the heck out of current users on the platform. Um, This, if you're on Quora right now, you might notice that this is the stage that Quora is currently at. Um, Stage five, stage five, pay attention if you're on LinkedIn, because this is where LinkedIn is at. Um, In stage five, the human users get annoyed with the bot users and the platform's founders have to determine if it's better for public perception and key stakeholders. If they shut down the bots, which hurts the people who first helped them to grow the platform, or they ignore the humans that are annoyed with the bots, or they find some compromise somewhere in between. Usually they shut down the newest bots and the bots that were created in stage one will stay on until the last possible second. So a real world example that just happened recently that you could sink your teeth into is Twitter. If you notice like people like Katy Perry and Donald Trump and a few other um, quote unquote influencers that are on Twitter, they've lost quite a few hundred thousand to million followers in the past few weeks because Twitter has gotten to the point where not only did they have to shut down like new bots from being created, they're having to shut down the bots that were created in stage one of the platform's evolution. Got it. Very cool. Ah, that's perfect. Okay. So uh, LinkedIn, we're going to focus on LinkedIn for this first section here. Um, Total reach of LinkedIn is reportedly around 470 million members. Um, That's active accounts uh, that you have the opportunity to market to and connect with. Uh, There are plenty of tools, as we all know, especially if you listen to this podcast, Uh, You're aware of most of the tools for lead capturing, scraping, running automations, uh, yada, yada, yada. Um, Addy, why don't you mention maybe one of your favorite tools? Okay, so uh, I will caveat this. 
in the early days of my company, I tried out a few automation tools that are actually no longer around. Uh, but yesterday morning, I was speaking with a fellow growth hacker from one of my uh, growth hacking covens. And he informed me that the easiest tool on the market right now that he's suggesting to his clients is meetleonard.com. It's supposed to help with automating everything that won't get you suspended or kicked off of LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. And yep. it's a, the best white hack tool around right now. Meetleonard.com. I just showed it on the screen there. Check it out. Um... As you know, my favorite tool right now is a new automation suite called HubSell.com. Uh, reason being, it allows me to automate the connection requests as well as the cold email sequence, put them all into one platform and add timing and delays and all that good stuff to my cold outreach with a LinkedIn impression, which uh, most, if not all, other cold outreach platforms do not allow you to do. Um, now, um, growth tactics. Um, Addy, why don't you go ahead and take this one? LI growth tactics. All right. So at this stage in the game, uh, nine, or 80% of my clients come in via referral. So do not look at my LinkedIn um, and copy what right. I do because we do not have the same goals. Most of my posts are literally thrown up right now because like, five people message me on a chat platform saying, Hey, I really need this link. And so I just throw it up on my LinkedIn and move on to whatever I'm doing. If your goal is to actually be growing your following via LinkedIn, this is what I do with my clients profiles that helps them to get the most bang for their buck. So the first thing you want to do is form a pod or find other members that you can collaborate with. Um, and not just any pod, you need to swap pods or who you're collaborating with and, um, cross-promoting every two weeks in order to keep your content at the top of people's news feeds. Um, Alex and I created a tool for this, uh, easy, for doing this easily this morning, and Alex is going to share the link with you all later. But basically what you want to do is constantly be engaging and having other people engage with your posts uh, trickled out over a 24-hour period after each post that you publish. A lot of people make the mistake of just adding a bunch of random people on LinkedIn and hoping this will get them somewhere. This tactic yields less than 8% return on investment, meaning that for every 100 people you randomly add, if LinkedIn doesn't span of activity, a maximum of eight of them will actually acknowledge your existence. And those eight may just like a post that you write once that doesn't guarantee that like, Oh, for every hundred people I bug, eight of them are going to come and purchase from me. Like that's not exactly how it works. Mm -hmm. So, um, what does work? The social media algorithms, um, on most social media platforms right now, what they do is measure your content's value by looking at your engagement to follower ratio. So how many of your connections engage with each post or what percentage of your connections engage with, with each post? The more connections you have, the more people you need to have engage with your post in order to trip the algorithm. So it's actually not ideal to just add every single person that reaches out to you. The best thing that you can do is form a group on Telegram, WhatsApp, uh, some, some communication platform and you all agree to engage with each other's content, and the size of the group should be equivalent to at least 10% of your total number of connections. 
Um, these groups are commonly known as pods, if you do any reading elsewhere online. But you want to post the same around the same time each week. I found that 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. on Tuesdays and Thursdays uh, are the best for reaching people within my customers' target markets. Um, and during those times when I'm posting, I would go with via my client's account, I would go to pod members' accounts and engage with the posts that they put up. Mm. Um, you want to like and share each other's posts. And then after a few weeks, you're going to have to switch pods to keep, uh, to keep your posts saying high ranked. But you should notice that you'll develop a following and you'll have organ organic reach increase as well. Once you have 30% of, once you have equivalent to 30% of your connections engaging with your post, then you want to strategically add specifically targeted people um, via connecting to them on LinkedIn. But you have to watch your engagement to follower ratio while you do this. Once your posts drop to less than 10% or drop to around 10% engagement, um, then you want to focus on boosting engagement on your posts until they reach 30% engagement to follower or engagement to connection ratio again. And then you just rinse and repeat. Love it. Love it. God, that was, that was great. So um, I'll, I'll let you guys kind of review that and recap in the notes here. You may have to click through and actually reread that. That was a lot of information, but great. So um, highly valuable. Thanks for that. I'll touch on um, just adding value and just some strategies and some more tips than anything real quick before we bounce into Quora. Uh, but for me, um, I use LinkedIn, not necessarily for selling. It's more of a just thought leadership promotion, just an extension of my content, just a place where I can connect uh, with channel partners and referral partners. Um, I don't treat it as a place where I can go after my target audience uh, because as Addy mentioned, LinkedIn's at a stage in its product lifecycle where it's becoming very noisy and um, very difficult to penetrate uh, and, and, and target customers on LinkedIn. Unless your customers are other marketers, um, it's very tough. So um, I never send in mails, number one. Um, when sending connection requests, I do not add anything about my company and what I do. Um, just talk about them, what they do, or just say you like to connect. Um, your goal is to nurture the relationships. Don't mention you know, any sort of call to action um, in these messages. Um, just talk about them and things that you like that they're doing, if, uh, if nothing else. Um, and then uh, the real strategy is obviously nurturing them. So use LinkedIn as a brand impression. Um, get the connection request so that you can publish content, valuable content, so that they see you as the thought leader and want to work with you and then come back to your site uh, out of curiosity based on some post that hit a nerve, right? Um, so treat it as a good outlet. Don't treat it as a sales tool. Um, now let's discuss the bell of the ball, my personal favorite platform for B2B marketing, core.com. Um, so the, uh, the uh, high level facts about Quora, just the why beyond Quora right now, if you're a B2B marketer, especially um, as of April, 2017, Quora has claimed to have about 190 million monthly unique visitors. Um, they say monthly unique visitors because uh, unlike LinkedIn, Quora is uh, indexed. Quora question threads are indexed, so they get a lot of search volume. 
very high on 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 the search volume side. I think it's something like 62% of their traffic. So they get a lot of unique visitors, a lot of new people just stumbling across Quora, may not have accounts, but they can read your answers. Very valuable. And that's what separates it from most other social networks. Um, uh, so uh, by today, that was April 2017, that could be close to 300 million monthly uniques. Um, Addy, why don't you fill everyone in on how Quora's algorithm works? From a high level. All right. Okay. So a few quick tips to make Quora's algorithm work for you. Uh, I'll just have three. Uh, one, if you want to use a video answer, upload it directly to Quora uh, via the mobile app. So your answer pops up in the Quora video feed and the Quora answer feed. By doing this, you should get double the views you would get if you just answered a question via a link to a YouTube video. Two, when trying to boost your answers, answer views, add an answer to a question that ranks on Google's first page. Uh, your individual answer will probably never be viewed, but Quora will credit you one answer view each time someone views that page. This is great for your, the stats on your profile when somebody views your profile. And number three, Quora allows you to select random times to collect questions. Uh, when you start to collect, uh, uh, when you start to collect questions that you specifically are going to answer, it'll give you a link that you can share to your social media profiles. You want to share this link to your LinkedIn so that you can pull people from your LinkedIn to see your professional answers on Quora. Hmm. Love it. Okay, yeah, and that goes back to uh, the premise of thought leadership using Quora as the place to demonstrate how much you know about a topic. Uh, we'll dig into that later on in this episode. Um, so where are we at here? Core user demographics, um, you can check those out. But basically, uh, affluent people, a lot of Core's audience are around colleges as well as um, college educator, educated professionals. There's not a lot of published insight on the, exactly how many, uh, what ratios are college educated and what level of education. But um, I just know from using Quora and uh, the people that I respect who use Quora, Quora is a great place to reach people that um, are affluent in high level positions at companies who, uh, who are in um, positions like CFO, CEO, co-founder. They, they post a lot of their pain points on Quora to try to get a good census of what to do. Uh, and in that process, they read a lot of other people's answers and other question threads. Uh, while they're there. So if you're after affluent audiences, especially founders, uh, Core is a great place. 62.3% um, of their traffic comes from search. Very important stat there. Your Core answers will be indexed. And if they're <laughs> part of a thread that's a really good keyword, um, you will get search traffic. Where, as we all know, if we post an article on our blog, the chances of that blog post ranking and staying up there very low, but uh, if you post it to Quora and you become the top answer in that thread, it's essentially the same thing uh, with regards to your brand recognition, right? Um, so our uh, core answers, no follow. Yes, um, you do not get uh, that link juice passed when you do post a link in a core answer, unfortunately. But um, like I said, the answers, uh, the answers are all indexed um, under the uh, question thread. 
So you still get that search. Um, so now that we are all acquainted with Quora and on the same page, uh, this is a great place to go ahead and get your business viewed, your personal brand viewed, and um, get some great educated high value links, uh, clickbacks, sorry, um, traffic to your site and uh, promote yourself. So let's dive into question two. Uh, question two is specifically about Quora. Uh, this is where we talk about the most effective Quora marketing strategy. Now, uh, Addy, why don't you fill us in on a general strategy around getting organic traffic from Quora? All right. Um... As we discussed earlier in this podcast, Quora is currently at stage four, which means there's a lot of spam sort of noise that you're going to have to cut through. The easiest way I've found to do this is using basic psychological warfare tactics. Um, and in this case, just connecting with people on the human level because bots can't do that. So on Quora, I look for the bat stage access doors to people's brains by answering unconventional questions that I know my target market would be most likely to ask on a personal level, but my competitors and bots wouldn't think to look for. So I don't waste time with questions that have already been answered and I give short answers because my goal is to get their curiosity to lead them to my blog and the long form in-depth answers that are there. If this is your same goal, stay tuned. Um, so you wanna alternate between personal and professional answers. The personal answers are what get people clicking to view your profile. And then the professional answers are what get people clicking from your profile to your website. In recent years, there's been a flood of business owners flocking to Quora to get the attention of their target market. <clears throat> So it's really just not enough anymore to simply answer questions. You need to find a way to cut through the noise and look for the back door by targeting people on a human and emotional level. A lot of people forget that business owners are human. Um, so I found that when I target them on the human level by answering more personal questions, like, for example, what is it like to work on a consulting project when you have ADHD or, um, uh, what is it like to juggle a business and a toddler and think things of that genre related to non-business elements that business owners are struggling with. I've had exponentially more success than when I submit the 19th answer to a business question. Mm -hmm. But, 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 but if your goal is to have your profile claim that you have a ton of answer views, this is a horrible strategy because you actually will get more quote unquote answer views credited to your profile if you're somewhere between the 19th and 80th answer to a question. The likelihood of someone actually reading your individual answer is low, but Quora will still reward you with one answer view every time somebody clicks to a page that you put an answer view on. Mm -hmm. Very important. Okay, now with regards to my profile, um, you know, my profile is not, uh, not great on Quora. Uh, I work on it. But um, what would you suggest doing to make sure I appear as credible as possible when people do click to view and, uh, and, and see who's behind the answer? 
Um, Alex, I don't know if you were hoping I would slaughter your profile, but I think it's actually a, a very good one that we use to showcase what people should copy. So if it's all right with you, I'm going to answer this a little bit differently than the way that you asked. Okay. Thank you. Cool. <laughs> um, all right. So if you could pull up your profile for people to look at it as an yeah. example. I got it right here. So first, ladies and gents, you want to look at how Alex has a ton of answer views. And something that he does brilliantly uh, that everyone listening to this podcast should consider copying is attaching an audio file to the long form answers. Um, because this allows him to link his other content to the core answer without breaking Quora's community guidelines, which is spamming people by and uh, trying to entice them to click away from the Quora, Quora platform. Um, as you notice with uh, Alex's knows about section, it features five topics. You want those, whatever five topics you list as your quote unquote knows about section for Quora, you want to make sure that those topics are ones that you want to be an established thought leader in. So ideally they will be, while you may want to copy my strategy of answering personal questions, you want to make sure that those knows about sections are your professional um, things that you know about professionally and that you can help people with on a professional level. Um, other things that I would suggest for an optimized bio include having only one call to action and one super sexy credibility boosting statistic in your description. Um, some people want to put like five different calls to action to give people options. At this point in the game, you just want to give them one. And then when they get to the whatever that link is that you sent them, then they can have more options there. But your goal is to lure them to whatever your desired website is. Um, number two, Alex actually recommended this one and I just added it to my notes to pretend I'm smart. Um, you want to talk about your brand in your tagline. So when people see your title, your, um, your job description, and then the tagline of your brand should be your like subheader. Aside from this, you want to be mindful of a few key ratios that have a direct impact on your credibility. Those are your following to follower ratio, because that will tell people if your followers are actually legitimately following you, or if you just tried playing the follow, follow, like follow, unfollow back game until you reached 400 people following you. Um, the next thing you want to look at is your follower to engagement ratio, because if you have a lot of followers and low engagement, people immediately are going to conclude that you have a lot of fake followers and that's why you have such low engagement. And the third thing is you want to look at the total answers you have per topic. Um, this is something that I actually personally need to work on. Alex is very good at this. I completely neglect this. Um, but basically the numbers um, will be printed next to the five featured knows about topics on your profile. And you want those numbers to be high. And that's about it. Got it. No, that's great. I showed your profile. I think you do something really well. And I'll touch on this. I mean, if you do have a stat like Addie's stat here, grew a company from zero to 100 million, three years, that's a great tagline stat. If you do not have a stat like that, like I don't have a stat that looks great, 
uh, that great, at least. Um, <laughs> then use it for mentioning your brand, um, what you want to represent. So if you're a sales, head of sales, head of marketing, um, or you just haven't done anything as terrific as Addy, then use it for your brand. That would be my suggestion. So now we talk about Quora for lead generation. Um, using Quora to actively target individuals you know are ideal clients or users. This is the meat um, that we want to get into. So um, I have a strategy um, that I execute regularly for myself and for clients that focuses on the followers of a specific topic as well as um, the topic itself and being a thought leader under that topic. So the first step to the founders, to anyone listening that wants to make the most out of Quora, um, start with your topics. Like Addie mentioned, what your nose about will say that you know about. Um, start with the topic. I, I, I like to start with a keyword that I want to be known for. So if I want to be known for lead generation, you know, start there. Type in lead generation in Quora. What you'll find is a bunch of related topics that come up. Then go down and find the related topic that has a lot of followers, a lot of engagement. Um, a, a good example right now, I want to start to become known on Quora, at least for thought leadership. So here's the thought leadership topic. I'm showing it on screen here. There's 39,000 followers. Um, I want to start answering questions under this thought leadership topic. Not only that, but I want to directly target the followers of this topic. So the next step is to create a sheet. So right now I'm showing a sheet, a Google sheet. Um, you can use Excel, whatever you want, but um, I use Google sheets because I collaborate on the sheet with uh, my team. And uh, as well, I, uh, I, I kind of like to organize it this way in tabs and, and put a lot more than just the scrape into the sheet. Um, so I use Google sheets, but what I do is I start with a scrape, right? So um, Addy and I use various scripts to grab the data that we want to grab off of the pages on Quora that we need that data from. So when you're talking about the followers of a specific topic, what data do you want from those followers that you can get in a quote unquote scrape without a manual process? Um, I grab the URL uh, for their profile. So someone's profile URL on Quora I grab their name, I grab their tagline. That's super important because they may not mention their company. Um, they may not mention the specific brand they represent, but their tagline has some really good information. It also may have their title. Uh, then I grab the actual HTML from their profile and I extract the links from that. So I have a column that ends up being actual profile links mentioned uh, in that description, you may find their company link, their personal blog, um, sometimes their LinkedIn profile, sometimes um, even their email address. Um, now I want to grab their professional title and uh, what their profession is in general. And then I can grab their school. I can grab their location. Uh, really important, I grab their total answer for how prominent and active they are on Quora. That's important because if you're going to market people on Quora and you're going to target them specifically um, using Quora and a combination of thought leadership on Quora and other social channel channels, you'll want to know if they're even active on Quora or not. Um, then finally, the next step is I actually manually have to enrich that data to grab their LinkedIn profile and their email address. 
Now I'll tell you why I need all of those items in a second. So let's go back here. Um, once you have the sheet built out with all of the information that you want, the next step is to go ahead and clean and enrich that data. Uh, like I mentioned, enrich it for LinkedIn profile and email addresses, but you wanna clean that data. So a lot of these people are going to be competitors. Uh, they may be behind a product or service that you also um, offer. So do not market to competitors. You wanna clean those people out. Use a VA that knows your business that can go through, click through the links, make sure that they are not competitors and get rid of anyone that is a competitor. So you have clean data. Um, now you want to nurture this audience, right? You don't want to just go after them with a cold email campaign, for example. So what I like to do at this stage is start the lead nurturing process, which begins with a retargeting campaign, an ad campaign. Um, if you're not spending money, you can skip this step. But if you're actively spending money to target individuals for your product or service, uh, then you have a Quora ads account. Maybe you have a LinkedIn ads account. Maybe you have a Facebook ads account or an ad roll ads account. Upload audiences to go ahead and match profiles on social accounts to those names and emails and then serve those specific people retargeting campaigns. Um, so this is very important. You want to serve a brand impression that is non-intrusive. So ads are great. You don't want to serve an ad saying, hey, come check out my pricing page or schedule a demo today. These initial ads that are lead nurturing, retargeting ads, you want to serve them sort of a thought leadership brand impression, something like a case study, um, something like a, uh, a image of a client testimonial that links to a, uh, a great article about um, what you guys do, right? Um, so, so again, you're not asking for the sale yet. You're just kind of nurturing this audience that you've scraped. You've uploaded their emails and their names to LinkedIn ads as well as Quora ads, maybe AdRoll, and you're serving those specific people that are followers of the topic that you wanna be known for with retargeting ads that mention what your company does or you do um, around that specific topic. Now, that's all going on in the background. Those people are getting those initial brand impressions. So uh, step six is to start to begin to answer those questions in that topic. So you have a scrape of all of the people that follow the topic. You also want to go ahead and grab all of the questions. We mentioned this in the last episode, but um, go ahead and scrape the actual questions, um, scrape the total followers of the questions and scrape the total answer views under each question. So you can prioritize which questions you wanna answer. If you have a ghostwriter, um, share that with them and have them start answering questions for you. If you answer your own questions, just pick the ones at the top with the most views and the most followers and uh, go ahead and start answering those questions. Now, we do this in a Google Doc or a document first. We don't publish directly to Quora as a first step because we, uh, we wanna make sure to publish this to our blog first before we go ahead and publish to Quora. That allows us to index it on our website and not have it indexed on Quora first. Once it's indexed on our site, then we publish it to Quora. And you can force the indexing by going to Google Search Console. And I'm behind here, but this is uh, step eight, uh, going to Google Search Console and um, actually requesting fetch as Google, uh, requesting, requesting Google index your uh, your new article on your site. Once it's indexed, then you go back to Quora and you can go ahead and uh, publish it on Quora. 
Uh, but before I get into publishing Encore and the next steps, Addy, can you talk real quickly about the initial promotions of your posts and how to kind of warm up somewhat of a pod for uh, your, your personal yes. engagement? Um, okay. So I have people ask me all the time, what is the key to your success? And it is collaboration, collaboration, collaboration. Too many people focus on competition. Not enough people focus on collaboration. And here it's going to be the same thing. You want to collaborate with your friends and your colleagues. Um, you want to bring them into a mix uh, using a Quora pod. So you will need initial engagement to ensure exposure to your answers. What you want to do is have your pod members engage with your post within like the first hour or so. Uh, because the first 24 hours are key. So if you have 10% engagement, the general rule of thumb is if you have 10% of your connection number engage with a post within the first hour, then the algorithm of the social media platform, in this case, Quora, it will push your answer to um, the next 30% of your connections. And then if a few of them engage with it, then it'll uh, push the answer to more of your following until all of your followers and connectors have seen it. And then it starts promoting your answer to, um, to Quora community as a whole. To create your own pod, it's not always easy to field and vet people, which is why, again, Alex and I mm -hmm. created a, a community online for this. If you'd like to join it, he's going to share a link with you. Um, and the fastest way to do this is you can join our community that we've established, or you can reach out to colleagues and do it yourself. Um, ask if they answer questions on Quora, and if they do, you can start a WhatsApp and Telegram group with them. Um, post links there and share there. You do have uh, a lot of people run into issues with like inviting colleagues that don't really understand the value of a pod or don't really understand how algorithms work and they don't get the engagement they were looking for, which is why um, Alex, who loves you guys so much, <laughs> insisted we create this tool for you. Um, but the, if you want to create it yourself, that's how to do it. So just to recap there, um, you know, you want to create a small pod for Quora. You don't need a hundred people. Um, you, you need a handful, but uh, the more the better, of course. And this isn't anything that's going to get you slapped. Um, this is how social networks grow. You share links to your questions if they don't have an account. Quora gets the benefit of them creating an account in order for them to like or engage with your post, right? So that's all you're doing. You're just organizing that process a little bit better and more efficiently so that everybody wins, right? Quora even wins. So don't worry about getting slapped. Now that you have your pod put together, you've got the list of people that you're going to promote your answers to. Now you want to publish your answer. And again, the answer is already on your blog and it's already indexed with search. Now you publish it to Quora. So that's an easy one. Head to the answers. Go ahead and start publishing. A couple best practices there. Try to include an image, if not a video. Uh, like Addy mentioned, a natively uploaded video through the mobile app is best for engagement. You get the uh, access to the video newsfeed in the mobile app as well as the regular newsfeed. So try to do it that way. If you can't link a YouTube video, it's still engaging, but um, not as great for the algorithm. Now you want to share those links. As soon as you get published, you'll get to the link. Uh, you want to share it on your social networks, of course, but then you want to copy the link to the answer, paste it in your core pod and uh, ask for some sort of an engagement. Um, comments are best, likes, or sorry, upvotes are uh, key as well. 
Now uh, that you have your answers being circulated on this topic, uh, those people that follow the topic are receiving your brand impressions through their newsfeed via ads. And that's on LinkedIn, possibly Facebook, possibly Core as well. Um, now the next step is to launch your cold outreach. Now, this is very important. You do not want to start with an intrusive message like a cold email. These people are not fully nurtured yet. You need to serve more brand impressions that are low, uh, low fidelity, not intrusive, like a connection request, a follow, an upvote uh, of one of their answers, those kinds of things. So you just want to let them know, hey, I know you exist. Now check out my profile, right? So uh, you can automate this on core you can automate it on linkedin uh, in step 12 i have a cold um, message and connection request on linkedin again you do not want to sell them anything at this point you just want them to know you exist so serve the connection request that's it maybe add a message saying love to connect you know like what you're doing nothing intrusive right um, hubsell.com allows you to automate this uh, tying it also into your cold emailing campaign which is a future step um, so check that out. Uh, but definitely you want to load your lists into some sort of an automated um, LinkedIn connection request and add message tool. Uh, Duck Soup still works. And this one that um, that Addy mentioned that I have not used yet, meetleonard.com. That one, I believe, does the same thing. So you've started your cold outreach campaigns with a very low fidelity connection request. Um, that's the next step. Now, step 13, you want to repost all of your answers to LinkedIn. And you can do this a variety of different ways. Uh, the best for the algorithm is to summarize the post, uh, make it catchy, use emojis, um, space it out, make it look good and, and, and readable, but summarize your answer uh, in a LinkedIn post and then uh, add an image and then post that on LinkedIn then comment with the link back to your core answer. Don't put the link to your core answer in the post itself. Um, so post it on LinkedIn. If your uh, pod is active on LinkedIn as well, go ahead and share that link to your post with your pod to get that engagement. Now, um, everything's kind of happening still. You see the, the theme here, you're serving a lot of thought leadership brand impressions. You haven't sold anything yet. So now it's time to start acting and start closing and start selling start requesting demos, all that kind of stuff. So have your SDRs or, or you specifically, ideally, um, these first cold emails will be the next step. These first cold emails will come from your account in an ideal situation. This whole nurturing system does not work if you're serving the thought leadership brand impression, but then somebody on your team that they've never met before serves them a cold email. Don't recommend that. So even if you have to let someone on your team manage a pseudonym or a, uh, uh, an avatar account uh, that's under your name, maybe it isn't your actual email account, let that happen, but at least launch these cold emails from your personal name, your personal brand that they're familiar with at this point, right? Um, so the strategy again here is to load your emails that you've enriched from the followers of the topic that you're trying to become the thought leader in to your cold email platform and start serving those sequences, right? You wanna serve a uh, five to eight email sequence, space it out over two weeks and, uh, and, and go ahead and start developing the 
traffic back to a specific ask, right? Um, so uh, step 15 here, if, uh, if it's part of your sales process, now that you have your cold email sequence going, uh, maybe you let that one tire out and you have some engagement, uh, you have some demos, you have some client interest. Um, now it's time if you do have someone on your team that's in charge of like outbound sales, maybe it's time to actually go ahead and call these people. Um, so that'll take further enrichment, um, maybe warming up a clear bit or some sort of a tool that finds their phone number and uh, going and serving them a cold call. Um, maybe start with people that have engaged with your campaign at, in some level, maybe liked something you did, maybe opened an email but did not reply, and then work your way down the list. Whew. So now that you have your 15-step LinkedIn, uh, sorry, Quora plus uh, a little bit of LinkedIn, um, nurturing, lead nurturing strategy, um, uh, that, was, uh, that was pretty in-depth. In so we may have to split that off and, uh, and show you that in a little more detail on its own episode. But um, Addy, is there anything else you would like to conclude with? before we end this thing. Alex, thanks again for having me on your podcast. I always enjoy the projects we work on together. And I look forward to working on whatever crazy successful idea you come up with next. Um, ladies and gents, thanks for letting me join you all today. Uh, feel free to reach out to me via LinkedIn, Quora, or my blog. Yeah, and I'm showing your stuff here and we'll link to all of your profiles and... Uh, and yeah, I'm pretty proud of this one. I think we created some valuable content as we uh, usually do, but this one is a little bit more exponential with you involved. So thank you so much for your time. And I look forward to doing this. Yeah, again me soon. too. Take care, all. All right. Take care. Bye-bye.